Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, friends. <laughs> I'm Shen. And I'm Ray. And welcome back to the Wildy Net Podcast. <laughs> welcome, friends. Hello. How are you? Oh, you know, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. Um, yeah, I've been doing well. I can't. No, let me not. Let me not. Like, I just don't know why I'm like, so eeyore today. Like, I can be Winnie the Pooh. Let me be happier. Because, yeah, things are going pretty well. I think it doesn't help that it's, like, raining and it's really dreary outside. And uh, it's that time, that lady time. So I think that, like, my emotions are everywhere, like, all over the place. Um, and it seems like a, like a more, like, emotional period. Like, I don't know why. Like, this, this, one, this one has just, like, duly really taken a toll on me. I've just been, like, super-duper sensitive. So, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm okay all things considered I'm okay but yeah it's just it's been a time it's, it's certainly been a time um how are you I'm doing pretty well um yeah no complaints over here just doing my best and oh my gosh so winter is so funny now <laughs> like, I think it's like she woke up one day and now she's just talking non-stop and yep. she's saying the the funniest things on earth. Like, and she's also so crafty. Ooh. She, <laughs> I don't know if she's just like observing us nonstop. So she knows exactly what to say to trick us. And I'm usually I'm like, oh, I know what you're trying to do. But like, she's so crafty that she'll get me sometimes. And even like her daycare teacher was like, she finally got me. This girl got me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's entertaining. I mean, it's it's a little annoying sometimes when I'm tired, but what? Very entertaining. And she's doing that stewy thing now where she's like, mom, no. mommy, mom, mm. mom, mom. And I'm like, yes, 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 yes. And then finally she'd be like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. I'm not joking. I was on the phone with my girlfriend the other day and she was like, wow, like Yara talks a lot. And I was like, yeah, she really does. She's like, no, like a lot though. <laughs> she's like yeah she's like like how do you like how do you like deal with that like it's like it's like non-stop it's like Yara narrates every single thing she's doing mommy mommy I I pick up water mommy I pour water mommy I pour water fast mommy I, I pour water oh big spill mommy mommy I clean up water mommy mommy it's like non-freaking oh my god out. and it it's just like got- triggered it's a lot it's it's so much and it's like i said it's beneficial i want to like nurture it because it's like you know yeah. what? like 
this is great that you're talking. I love the fact that, you know, your vocabulary is expanding and you're like mm-hmm. so curious about the world. But girl, can we just like, can we have a, <laughs> is there a time where we can just like taper down? Like maybe like around 730, it starts like less mommies, less excitement. I don't feel is like that her. That is her. I'm looking at her on the camera and I guess she heard me and then she started mimicking me. She's like, mommy, <laughs> mommy. <laughs> Why? Why? Anyway. These kids are crazy. Um, it's 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 a lot. It's a whole lot. And I thought like peak talking time was like four to six. Like ages like I don't know. I, I I just I don't know who told me that. I didn't research that, but I just assumed in my mind, like when I I guess maybe based based on like what I see on TV, it's like okay, from ages four to six is when she's really gonna go ham with the chit chat. Nah. Mm-mm. These kids got an early start. Mm-mm. The children of while they nap, listen. <laughs> they are here to start their own podcast. So, like, we're going to show you our talent. <laughs> You're not going to stop talking so that you can put us on the on, on the pod. So true. Actually, the other day I gave Winter, um, I finally gave her chocolate. <laughs> yeah. So I like, here's a kinder surprise. And she was like, <laughs> she turns to me, she's like, get your phone. And she was like, hi, guys. <laughs> Oh my god! I got, cho- I got chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> then she like bye bye chocolate, and then like puts it in her mouth, and she's like, "Wow, look, I found an egg." I'm like, "Who are you talking to?" <laughs> uh, listen, she's showing you what she made. Listen, now that I will nurture. What? <laughs> I was like, it? okay, let me get my phone. <laughs> right? You got the sauce, sis. She's like, I already oh. have what it takes to be an ambassador. Like, just give me my coins. Give me my agent. <laughs> All right, kind of surprise. You hear that? She's so ready. <laughs> I love that. That is proper and something that I need to nurture in Yara because she's like, mommy, no phone, no phone, mommy. Like, oh my God. Okay, sorry. I tried to capture a moment, but I guess not. That's too cute, though. One day, one day she'll get over it. What she needs coins. <laughs> <laughs> then she will. Um, but, anyways, friends, we are not alone today. Um, we have a wonderful guest here. Um, we're super excited about today's episode because uh, it's just hey. a wealth of knowledge coming our way, coming your way, mm-hmm. and we couldn't be happier. So we have the pleasure of being joined by um, Nicole Simmons, and she'll tell you who she is and all the wonderful things that she does in a bit. But for now, just can check in with you. So Nicole, let us know. Hi, how are you? How's your week? How you How's been? it going? I'm doing well. I'm doing fantastic. My week has been great. It's been busy as usual, but mm. um, yeah, I, I'm happy to be here with you guys today. So yeah, let's let, let, let's get to it. Before we jump right into it, let's do what we do best, nominate bomb moms. So uh, if you have a bomb mom nom, you can definitely send it our way by sending us a DM or uh, nominating her on our website. My bomb mom this week is my real estate agent. Her name is Stacy Eno. Mm. And um, she is such a bomb mom. She has three kids and she is out here hustling. I just respect her hustle, her drive, her knowledge in the business. She knows what she's doing. She delivers. And what I love about her so much is she's very compassionate and empathetic to every single client that she has. She makes sure that she understands who they are as people Mm -hmm. and makes sure that they have um, a perfect experience. Because we all know that buying a home 
or even leasing a home, like that's stressful. Yeah. That's probably the most stressful thing I can go through other than birth. Absolutely. I love Stacy. She sold my house twice. <laughs> Helped me find, find a house. So I need to shout her out. That's shout amazing. Out. Especially in this day and age, in this season where people are buying, selling, oh my gosh, you need to have a trustworthy realtor. So that's amazing. It's so true because I've encountered quite a few realtors recently, actually, that's trying to uh, coerce me into selling my house now. And <laughs> they're like, hey, you want to sell? You want to sell? You want to sell? Because, of course, I'm in the Oshawa hot market right now. Mm-hmm. So, And just seeing the difference between her and them, I'm like, wow, I really do have a great agent. So mm-hmm. it is hard to find. Yeah, it's awesome. Okay, Nicole, why don't you give us your nomination, your bomb mom nom? Yeah, so my bomb mom nomination is to my good friend, Janika Jap. Um, she is a mom of two. She is a teacher. Um, mm-hmm. But what I think is really cool about her recently is that over the pandemic, she has a real big love for cooking. Like, she's always had a big love for cooking. And she started her very first food page during this pandemic. Cool. Nice. I'm telling you, like, this page has grown like wildfire. She has grown her following to over like 11,000 in such a small period of time. Wow. Wow. She looks amazing. So you guys can check her out at Dutch Pot Dreams. Delicious. I got to double check if there's any underscores in there, but her food is amazing. And I just don't know how she balances it all. Because like I said, she was an online teacher during this pandemic. She has two kids. You know, one, of course, is like under the age of two. And then during all this time, she has, she's still able to cook amazing food. If you look at her page, like Ooh, Jamaican food. Yeah, mm. I'm talking oxtail stuffed patties. Yum. Aki, Aki tacos. I'm talking this all sorts plantain. of things that I will never do. Yum. <laughs> I will never do. Not never. It's so funny that you say that because I was telling Leigh the other day, and I'm just going to embarrass myself. It's okay. But I was telling Leigh that um, since the pandemic has started, I have been trying to make more Jamaican food because I don't go to my mom's house as often. And I never, like I never make Jamaican food. I just didn't care for it because I've had to eat it every day of my life growing up. But now I'm like, oh, I, I, you know, I feel for rice and peas and oxtail. Mm. So I was like, let me start, let me start making some. And friends, this is so embarrassing to say as a Jamaican, but my rice and peas was like soup. It was so, it was like Play-Doh, guys. I can form it into a ball and throw it and it would bounce. It was terrible. (laughs) And my oxtail was even worse I was so embarrassed but I had to video call my mom and they were so sad they were like wow Chanel I have to chime in and say because thanks to Janika she actually had online cooking classes during this pandemic so because of her I actually learned to make rice and peas so now I am the rice and peas <clears throat> at my home. Wow. I make it on Sundays and it tastes damn good. So um, thanks to her, I made rice and peas. I made uh, fried fish. Um, oh, yeah. Wow. All, all just from Zoom. So it's amazing. Check out her page and sign up for one of her classes. It's amazing. Signing up. It, lo- it looks tasty. <laughs> I need it. Guy. Oh, my goodness. It's so sad that I have to call my parents for them to help me cook step by step. <laughs> No, I feel like at the end of the day, like I can like you have to know like what your strengths are. And I consider myself to be a pretty decent cook, but rice and peas is so hard. 
like that thing is hard to make and it's so it's so hard to make and so easy to spoil like it's so easy to like screw it up so like yeah. it's so nice if you have someone who can like lead you through it oh my goodness Janika I am following I am I am following I am subscribing you name it like yeah. I love this and I also love that she's a teacher hey shout out to teachers yeah. <laughs> that is fantastic um, I love that we all kept it local this week. So that's cool. I'm going to do the same thing. And I'm going to nominate uh, someone who's more like a sister to me than uh, even like a friend because uh, she's my sister's age. And, you know, we went to the same high school and like really grew up together. Uh, her name is Leanne. Another Leanne. I think I dominated. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, can you imagine? Leanne, Leanne, Leanne. Because she's like the fourth Leanne that I know. She is. Anyway, um, so Leanne Miller, she, I'm nominating her because she's an incredible mom. She's also a frontline worker. Um, and part of the reason why I adore her outside of the fact that she always supports me um, and was like, you know, really um, like attentive and just really um, active when I discovered that I was pregnant, like just checking in on me and inquiring about my well-being. Um, this is kind of a random side, but like my dad has recently undergone uh, some really severe uh, surgery and you know by the grace of God he's doing well and recovering nicely but it's been obviously like a tough you know time just not really being able to go and visit him not really knowing much about what's happening like you can't just go and sit down and chit chat with the doctors like you know we have to wait for them to call my sister and update us so um, that's been really tough on us but uh, so yeah we've just been trying to do like little research on our own and we all know like Google can be the absolute devil like Google yeah. can be the devil when you're an unwell or someone you love is unwell so my sister chatted with Leanne and she really set her mind at ease like being a nurse she was able to just really like advise her as to like how to move forward and how to support my dad and she just kind of gave us the um, the positivity and reassurance that we needed and it was so helpful and it came at a time where I feel like my sister was really really down um, and you know, she, my sister is like my dad's primary caregiver. So it was just such a light, but like you know, a, a current of light that like went through the entire family that the day that my sister spoke to Leanne. So this is long overdue because you're such an incredible mom to your beautiful son. Um, but Leanne, mm-hmm. you are my bomb mom now. That was so lovely. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. So, friends. Speaking of, uh, you know, I love a good segue. Um, <laughs> moms doing incredible things and doing great things for their kids and for their friends. Uh, we wanted to do something awesome for you, friends, which is talk to you this episode about investing. We want to talk to you about, especially and this, this like, you know, um, episode, of course, is for everybody. Whoever wants to listen and, wants to, like, and can take from it, fantastic. But of mm-hmm. course, you know, we always really want to do something specific with moms. And we really want to talk to moms about how they can invest and how they can create generational wealth for their kids. Um, and it may not come in the conventional ways that you might think. There are so many ways. So we have um, the insight of, um, you know, someone who knows uh, about investing to share. So we're excited about that. But before we even get into like what you do and, you know, what your 
um, skill sets are. We'd love to just know more about you. So, Nicole, would you mind sharing with us um, who you are? Yeah, absolutely. So um, my name is Nicole Simons. I am a wealth management advisor right here in the GTA. Um, I work for my dad's company, um, CPN Financial Services. It's a family business that my dad started actually over 30 years ago uh, when I was young. Um, it was really important for him to, you know, create that legacy for his family. Um, so with that, he started his own company and named it after his kids. So CPN Financial Services Limited actually stands for Colin, Peter, and Nicole. So I am the N and my older, my older oh, brothers. Yeah, my older brothers um, are the C and the P, Colin and Peter. So we were all doing different things, you know, uh, for work. We, I guess you can say we were destined to do this, but initially, you know, I worked in corporate. My brother has a teaching background. So we were mm-hmm. all doing different things, but eventually we all joined the family business. And uh, now it's amazing. My brothers are my best friends. Um, they're, they're, they're older than me in age. So there wasn't much of a, a connection when we were younger. But um, as older siblings now, we're super, super, super close. Of course, we're all parents and, you know, our kids are super close cousins, you know, same Love age it. range. And, you know, they play video games together all day. Um, <laughs> That's so cute. All day. Um, but yeah, it's amazing. We have other brokers that work for our company as well. And, you know, our job as advisors are just to build that financial fence around our clients. So in the event, you know, something were to happen, uh, that there is minimal financial impact to their families. So mm. we deal with everything from, you know, insurance, life insurance, disability, critical illness, and then uh, we deal with investments as well. So, you know, I I would say for me, 90% of my my client base is women. I love working with them nice. and educating them on how they can create that wealth and just take, you know, those first initial steps to get things started. Because I think that's a lot of women's um, problem in the beginning is just taking those first initial steps. Yeah. Especially when, you know, the mindset hasn't been there from the beginning. As you guys know, we're not really taught a lot of financial literacy in school. Mm, so yeah. As adults, it's information that we proactively have to seek ourselves. Yeah. Right. Just ingrained in us to do certain things. So I love educating women and showing them, of course, how to, you know, kind of set that mindset shift and 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 grow their financial assets through investing amazing oh my goodness I like I mean it's so funny that we're talking about generational wealth because I mean I was I was expecting of course you to tell us about investing and how we could potentially build it not knowing or realizing that you're a product of it so like that yeah. is incredible I love yeah. that so much yeah it's it's awesome and like I said my dad he now is pretty much retired. Like uh, he he's in Jamaica right now, a snowbird. Yes. So he comes and goes as he pleases. Yes. It's cold, so he heads off to the warmth. But yeah, you know, our job as 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 his kids is just to continue that legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, his clients, my dad's clients, now contact me a lot to facilitate certain things, and it's kind mm-hmm. of cool with that whole generational aspect of like yeah. now that my dad's clients are older, they now deal with us, and we can deal with their kids, and it's that yes. generational wealth that kind of you know keeps the wheels spinning. So it's pretty cool to see. Shout out to your dad. I know. Listen, I was like, that was going to be the first thing I brought up actually before we even got into anything. I was, <laughs> I was thinking, I was thinking, I was like, it's so funny within our community yeah 
I was going to say, I, I feel like it's not common, especially growing up. I, it wasn't common to see other families yeah. passing on generational wealth. It's mm-hmm. not common in our community. So I thought it was amazing to hear this story because I don't hear it often mm-hmm. that your whole entire family has taken up this business and is are able to pass it on to even your own children. Mm. So um, th- that's basically the goal of this episode today is to find out how we can set that foundation because of course, sorry, of course, in our lives, like you said, we have to wait to our adulthood to seek this knowledge. Mm-hmm. I'm not, and, and like I said before, I financially was not aware <laughs> yeah. of any, how to be responsible in our early, tw- in my early twenties, I can speak for myself that I was not responsible with money. I didn't have any knowledge. I didn't understand money. I didn't understand mm-hmm. credit. And it took, it took me to be proactive with start uh, having to learn how to, you know, change my way of thinking, how to, you know, fix my life basically. And it took me a long time. It took me the majority of my twenties to kind of change the undo everything that I did in my early twenties. So Mm -hmm. I think it's so important, especially having children now that I don't want them to make the same mistakes that I did. I think if I could start now, I rather give them this information and knowledge. It's just as important as passing money down and passing houses down. Mm -hmm. To pass down this information. So I agree with that totally because, yeah. you know, a lot of times people think it's just the physical assets that yeah. we need mm. to create, which is true. You know, we do need physical assets to create, you know, to pass down, but you have to understand it's more than that too. It's it's the mental that has to be passed down as well. Yeah. yeah. We as adults right now um, have a lot that has been instilled with us, you know, subconsciously, right? Mm-hmm. From our yeah. parents, from our surroundings, from friends, from, from media. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if we're not careful about how we speak about money, our language surrounding our kids, we unknowingly pass those same things down, right? Wow. When I, when I talk to people that are, you know, my age in their 30s and even older, I'll question them about where they got some of these ideas from. And half the time, they don't even really know, right? Yeah. Like, you don't really know. You don't really know where you get them from. But when <clears throat> those are kind of in your brain, they kind of stick with you. And it takes a lot of work to undo that stuff. Yeah, so, true. Just like, you know, Shen was saying, if we can plant these seeds in our children now to kind of get them on the right track, there's a lot less undoing that has to happen when they get Yeah. So powerful for moms. And again, so powerful for people, like for pr- prospective mothers also. Right. So that like, you know, again, like even before you have the child, you've already changed the mindset. Right. And like, I just imagine like, you're just, just doing the work ahead of the t- ahead of time. So I'm here for this. I'm such a fan. And I love the fact that Chen was like in my 20s. I was like, girl, in my 30s, in my early 30s, like, I'm like now still but like a couple of years ago, <laughs> I was still like learning more and more about money and trying to get better with money. Like my relationship with money, like, you know, full disclosure has not been the best. Like it just not has not been. I have lived a very YOLO lifestyle I feel like for a long time and I think in some ways that served me well like I said I think you know being when I especially when I was living and teaching abroad and 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 the capacity to save was there and I chose an alternative which was I'm gonna vacation as much as I possibly can I may not be in Asia I'm like who knows when I'll be back to Asia I took that mentality who knows when I'll be back on the side of the world so I'm going to as many countries as I possibly can 
And it's funny, like, again, like, I look at the fact that, you know, I wish that maybe I had saved a little bit more here and there. But in the grand scheme of things, I am happy with some of those choices because, like, Mm -hmm. I'm in a space in my life now where traveling isn't the easiest thing to do outside of the pandemic, just like with the everyday life, like the everyday occurrences of life. Um, Nonetheless, I'm definitely at a place now where it's like, okay, you really, really need to develop a stronger and better and more healthy relationship with money, a better understanding of it like a better relationship. So I'm certainly here to ingest everything. Yeah. <laughs> this will be an episode that I listen to over and over and over again. <laughs> so in general, I think, I think for our listeners, um, we'd love to hear small steps that you can take initially, mm-hmm. um, whether you are pregnant or you have small children, like where can you start in regards to investing and just setting up a financial future for your children? Okay. So I think one of the, the the important things when it comes to starting to invest is just understanding, you know, what your actual goal is when it comes to investing, mm-hmm. right? Because I think investing is something that people hear about a lot and they want to get into, which is fantastic. But you have to remember that, you know, with investing also comes a little bit of, of, of risk as well, because What's different about investing as opposed to saving is, you know, if you're saving in a savings account or, you know, using even a piggy bank for kids or underneath a mattress, you know, you put that money in there and it's there, right? I mean, unless you physically go to take it back out, um, it's always going to be there, right? Mm -hmm. And you're not really getting any interest on it, but Mm -hmm. you know that the principal amount that you put in is there. Whereas investing, the whole purpose of investing is putting money away, in hopes that, you know, you're putting into an asset that's going to be doing something for you. It's going to be working for you, gaining interest. And Mm -hmm. I think people get caught up in the fact that when they want to invest, they feel they have to have a large amount of money to start. I think Mm -hmm. investing sometimes intimidates people where they're thinking, you know, I have to have thousands of dollars start investing. And that's not the case at all. I mean, you can simply start investing for as little as $25 a month um, into some type of uh, mutual funds with your bank. Mm Um, Mm -hmm. if you have kids, I know one of the first ways that moms tend to invest even unknowingly is putting money into their kids RESP. Yeah. Um, You know, if you guys have RESPs for your kids, it's an amazing tool, which is a, sorry, a registered education savings plan for those who don't know to save Mm -hmm. for your child's future education. And what's cool about that is that the government will give you, you know, up to 20% on your contributions. So if you put in 2,500 for the year, the government will, you know, put in $500 into that RESP account. And mm-hmm. not only do you get that from the government, but that money also can be invested. So you're getting interest from your investment as well as the money from the government. So it's a very powerful tool because if you start that while your child is, is young enough, as an infant, even two yeah. or three, by the time they're ready to start school at 17 or 18 years of age, there can be a lot of money there depending on yeah. your consistency and how your investments perform. So my point is, is just to say that, you know, I don't want you to be intimidated by thinking you have to have a large amount to invest. Um, I think it's important for you to look at what your goal is, you know, when would you need this money, more importantly, mm-hmm. because if this is money that you need in a shorter period of time, investing probably might not be the right uh, solution at this point, because the markets go up and down. 
And you would hate to have yourself in a position where when you need the money, it's not all there for you because when you want to take the money out, you're taking it out at a time when the market is down and the value of your investment could be less. So if your time horizon is shorter, it may be best to keep your money in some sort of high interest savings account or a safer investment. But if you have a longer time horizon for something like retirement or you plan to buy a home maybe in the next five to 10 years, then you can Mm -hmm. consider investing to ensure that you're getting, you know, um, a good amount of interest and have your money working for you. Right. So what's considered a safer investment? A safer investment would be things like um, GICs at the bank. Mm, Okay. Um, So GICs are basically when you put money away for a certain period of time with the bank, um, you can take a one-year, two-year, three-year GIC, and essentially you lend your money and give it to the bank for that period of time, and they'll guarantee you a certain interest rate. However, interest rates on GICs are are very low, 1-2%. The longer you kind of have your money locked away with them, they'll usually give you a higher percent, but Mm -hmm. it's very low. So those are considered um, fixed income investments, and they're they're, mm-hmm. they're pretty safe because essentially, as long as you don't try to take your money out, you'll get that interest uh, rate back. Um, mm-hmm. Bonds as well are considered safe for investments, but mm-hmm. equities are things like you know companies, companies like the Apple, the Microsoft, and whatnot. Those are you know companies where you can tend to get higher rates of return. Um, Mm -hmm. so like I said, that's where your time horizon, what you're trying to accomplish is important to determine where you should put your money. I have a question. Sorry. Okay. Just to follow up on that. What's the difference between a bond? Is a, is a bond and an ETF the same thing? No. So an ETF is, um, an exchange traded (laughs) fund. So it's a security that involves a collection of like stocks um, and a lot of times ETFs, they track like an index. So like the mm-hmm. NASDAQ yes. the Dow, and whatnot, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they trade like all throughout the day, mm-hmm. whereas the bond is more of like a fixed income investment where you're essentially like you, you heard of like government bonds, Canada savings bonds. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I, do we still have them the way that we used to? Like, I remember my aunt gave me something when I had graduated high school and it was like a tangible thing. Like a bond. <laughs> and I'm like, I just feel like, I don't know, maybe things have, I, I'd imagine that we've evolved from that, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. People tend not to, I mean, I've never sold anything like that or offered yeah. that service to anybody before, but back in the day for, especially in the black community, those were the thing. Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> those were the thing to get, but nah, like we've moved from that, you know what I mean? Because, and that's another thing, you know, what we have to talk about in regards to like our community, you know, for our parents, getting a little one or 2% Huge. was like, whoo, like, you know, yeah. like, yes, girl, you need to do this. Where now it's like, to me, that's chump change. Like, oh yeah. That's laughable for me mm-hmm. right now. So when you're used to, or the story, let's just say, you know, your grandmother was your only center of influence with this bond, right? And yeah. you might grow up thinking that, well, I'm going to put my money into bonds as soon as my child gets older, or that's what I'm going to do for my child, unknowing that there's way more other vehicles now that you can use mm. you know, to, to get a higher interest rate. But once again, that was something that was instilled in you when you were younger, right? Mm-hmm. So if you don't take the necessary steps or even work with someone like myself to kind of expose those things to you, then that's where people kind of get caught up in the past and they don't know what's, what's out there right now for them. Awesome. Thank you. That's so true. I think, especially considering like the pandemic right now and everyone I feel is, has jumped onto 
stocks and ETFs and cryptocurrency. I think a lot of people have just like jumped in and including myself. I was just like, okay, I'm going to like aggressively start like investing stuff. But like half of the time, I'm just like, let me just move my money here. Don't know. And I don't know. I'm trying to catch up with myself. Like, okay, I have to do this research and I have like, I don't have time to have a crash course in, in stocks. And I feel like, is there a mistake I can make in regards to throwing myself into stocks or crypto or putting money into ETFs and such? Like, I'm afraid that like I'm doing it. And because I don't fully know what I'm doing, I might make a huge mistake with my money. Yeah. Can you give us like top three? Because I feel like that is really top three mistakes that you feel like. Because I'm going in. Yeah. Like novice (laughs) investors like ourselves. Because you know what? You said something, Nicole, and it really stood out to me. It's this idea of like, you know, the GIC and it's like the one year, the two year. And like the longer you keep your money, like the more interest. And I say interest with air quotes, because again, to your original point, the interest that you're getting is like so minimal. Um, yeah. And, you know, like, I feel like most of us now know enough that, you know, you're locking in your money so the gov- so the bank can use it, so they exactly. can invest it, so they can profit, mm-hmm. right? So they've made, like, hundreds and thousands of dollars off of your money and are giving you pennies on the dollar. And now that more people are aware of that, they're like, okay, well, then I'll just do it myself. I just, I'll make mm-hmm. the money. I want a more, like, they want a bigger piece of the pie. And that's, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think that's a wrong attitude, but I feel like that, like, level of like gusto can work against you (laughs) so what do you think like for again novice investors top three um invested investment mistakes that you've seen or you're aware of yeah well I mean just just to just to elaborate more on what you just said you know you people have to realize that yeah when you have a, a bunch of your money sitting in cash at the bank you know, what's cool about that is, yeah, you can physically see it. Oh, my money's growing. I added to it, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But the point is that, like you just said, Lan, like the bank is using your money mm-hmm. yep. out and getting like, you know, 10 times the amount of interest mm-hmm. for other things. Meanwhile, you're sitting pretty with your 2% thinking that you, you know, it's <laughs> something there. So it's important not to have your money sitting in cash. Obviously, you need to have some amount of money sitting in cash. This pandemic has taught us that it's very essential to have an emergency fund, right? I mean, majority of Canadians, you know, during this pandemic didn't even have a thousand bucks to their name in cash. Hence why Mm -hmm. SERB was such a big thing for everybody because people were losing their minds because there was no backup. So having an emergency fund, um, you know, in some type of put away savings account is essential for sure. But when it comes to that, once you've established that, it's important to have your money put in some type of vehicle where it, it's, 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 it's doing something. You want to treat every dollar like a soldier. It has to have a job. Every dollar you earn is supposed to have some type of job because if you don't tell it where to go, it'll find somewhere to go. Best believe, whether it's Starbucks, whether it's Timmy's. Whether it's that Mexican combo, it's going to go somewhere. So you have to make sure that you give those dollars a job. So Mm -hmm. going back to your question now, um, some of the mistakes. So, Shen, you touched on that, and I think that's very important. Research is hard, but it is essential for investing because, as you guys know, a lot of people have become, you know, uh, self-serve investors during this pandemic with all the little sin <laughs> things that you're hearing on the internet and get this fund and get this fund and get not. And it can be very overwhelming yeah. because yeah. you're seeing people making money. You're hearing people like making millions and you think, damn, like I need to jump on that bandwagon. Like now me, literally oh, me. 
But what, GameStop. But what, thank you. Case in point. And what people don't understand, though, is that a lot of the times when an investment or a stock, should I say, sorry, is, is increasing in value, that's when people hear about it, they know about it, they take interest in it, and that's when they want to jump in because you think, oh my God, like this is $500 this month. Like when it was $40 before, I need to get it now before it gets even higher. But what people unknowingly don't really realize is that they're getting in when that stock is at an all-time high. Mm. And when you're buying a stock at an all-time high, there's a very high likelihood it could be coming down very soon. Yeah, Because mm-hmm. people that were invested in that stock from the early days, mm-hmm. that who, who let's say bought it for $40 and it's now worth $500, a lot of the times they're going to cash in their profits. Of course. And when they cash in their profits, the stock price, the value tends to go back down. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. here now you come along putting in your hard-earned money <laughs> when it's at an all-time high. And mm-hmm. with the next week or the next day, it possibly could drop right back down because so many people have now taken out their profits. And you're thinking, what the heck? I thought it was, you know, I thought it was going up. <laughs> and you have to realize that investments or stocks, should I say, sorry, they don't always go up. It's, it's very volatile. Yeah. Depending on the type of investment or stock that you um, have chosen, it's not always going to be going up on an upward trajectory. So that's why, once again, research is key. You need to look at the fundamentals of the company. You need to pay attention to what their balance sheets are. You have to pay attention to, you know, how that stock has moved over the last, you know, six months, two months, two years to see. But more importantly, you have to be able to stomach risk. Mm. Because if you can't stomach risk, girl, this ain't for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, well, sure. building wealth is, is it's not something quick and easy. A lot of yeah. times people think mm-hmm. it's something that they can just put their money in, get rich quick in a month. Yeah, I have a million dollars now. Like it doesn't work like that. Building, I mean, some people get lucky, don't get me wrong, <laughs> but <laughs> it is uh, it is something that you need to take your time with because building wealth is not something that's flashy and that happens overnight. It's something mm-hmm. that's created over time. And by researching companies, sustainable companies, companies that you believe in, companies you feel that are not going anywhere for a long time, those are the type of companies you want to have in your portfolio. So research is key. Yeah. Research is key. Darn. <laughs> I know. Not making you have money. something in, in mind, land. Like, not millionaire in a month? <laughs> oh, man. Because, okay, so, I mean, this is like, I mean, I, we'll, we'll see how much this gets in. But I guess the, the, the thing is, like, we know the stocks. Like, we, many of us do. We know the Teslas. We know the Apples and the Microsofts and the Coca-Colas. Like, we know, like, you know, dividend aristocrats and, and you know, ones that, like, for sure have been around for so long and are going to make you money because they're solid companies that you can count on. The problem is, is that, like, you know, for people like let's say you can even you throw me in there who like maybe only have like a thousand dollars or two thousand dollars to invest it's like do I really want to put like I don't know do I want to buy five shares of, of Microsoft or five shares of Microsoft or five shares of Apple or two shares of Tesla or would I rather perhaps put my my money in like you know a stock that's like maybe worth pennies and has the potential to grow and then like triple my money and then I can spread my money out within with like some of these bigger companies mm-hmm. and I, again I know that you're not like a stock advisor but I'm thinking like this is some of the these are some of the conversations that I've you know I've had with other women other moms is that like of course I know where I want my money to eventually go but how can I get my money to work for me now so that I can get there or would you um, you know, with your experience and what you've done, would you suggest like, no, like it's just safer to, or, or more like wiser to put your money where you can trust that it'll eventually grow? 
Well, I, I think, first of all, you know, it comes back to portfolio diversification, right? Mm. So when you're starting to invest, you don't want to put all of your eggs in one basket, number one. Okay. After you've done your research, it's important to, you know, um, choose a company, of course, that you want to put your money into. But I, I don't personally advise throwing all of your money into that one company because if that, you know, depending <clears> on how <throat> that one company performs for the year, that's going to determine how your money performs. And if the True. outcome is not the greatest for the, for the year, well, there's the outcome for your money as well. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I, you know, advise my clients to do is to start maybe with portfolio investing first. So portfolio investing, like mutual funds, okay. to me, um, offer a little bit more diversification because uh, a portfolio is basically a basket of stocks. Mm. So you can get a mutual fund that, for example, will have Apple, have Microsoft, you know, have yeah. um, some some big large banks in there, you know, the BMOs and TDs. Mm-hmm. And basically, by you getting this one fund, you've diversified where your money is going because you don't all have your money. You don't have all of your money in one sector. True. So what I often get some of my clients to do is if they're starting out, there's a strategy called dollar cost averaging, where essentially instead of placing your full thousand dollars into one stock, you can dollar cost average, which means on a biweekly or monthly basis, a portion of your money every two weeks or once a month, you'll choose a frequency will go into this fund. Mm-hmm. And when your dollar cost averaging, the benefit is that is that because you are now buying units of this portfolio sometimes at a high um, ah, price, okay. a low mm. price, right? So it it basically averages out yeah. over the year versus you just putting all of your money in at one time, time thinking, yeah. oh great, like it's 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 shooting up. Let me put it in now. True, true, true. And then the following <laughs> day or week, it goes back down, and all of a sudden your thousand is now like eight hundred. True, true. So mm-hmm. when the dollar cost average, you're buying units. At a you know at a frequent time, biweekly or monthly, and it's buying some units high, it's buying some units low in the middle, and then it mitigates your risk. Ah, that's smart. So once you've tackled that, and you're comfortable with that, that's when I then suggest, okay, you have your portfolio here. Now, if you want to dabble in buying individual stocks, sure. But at least we know what your risk tolerance is on this side, and you've been able to learn to stomach how your current portfolio is performing, now you feel like you can graduate over to the individual stocks if you want. Mm. When you're ready. Yeah. That's a good suggestion. Yeah. I was just asking with the mutual funds and you're saying like how they can be comprised of all of these big names. Can you see individually how those equities are performing within the mutual fund? Or no, it's just how the mutual fund is. It's how the mutual fund. Okay. So usually whenever you purchase into a mutual fund, um, you can get, you know, the idea um, or a fun fact sheet of the okay. companies that are within. Usually the fun fact sheet shows me the top 10 companies. Yes. So essentially, yeah, you're only really going to see how the fund itself performs. Yes. But if you know that your mutual fund, 10% of it is in Apple, well, if Apple has a great True. year or a great quarter, then, you know, that means that that portion of your mutual fund is doing quite well, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But the cool thing, like, once again, about a mutual fund is that, you know, there's all different types, but a portfolio essentially is you can have one that follows one sector. It can be a tech mutual fund or a, a tech fund that has just all, all technology companies. Neat. Or maybe you want a little bit of both. You want something more balanced that has some tech. It has some healthcare. It has some financials. So working with an advisor like myself, you know, we would do an investor profile where, you know, I'll ask you questions and find out what your risk tolerance is. 
And once we find out, okay, how good can, you know, Leanne, you know, stomach risk? Is she a risky, uh, is, is she someone that can stomach the risk? Is she considered moderate, balanced, aggressive? Once we figure that out, then I can better suggest what fund I think that you should dollar cost average your money into. Cool. So I have a question about mutual funds. I was looking up mutual funds and noticed something else that popped up regards to how similar it is to ETFs. Would you suggest mutual funds over ETFs? Um, I think they both have their place. I think Mm -hmm. what a lot of people like about ETFs over mutual funds is that, you know, um, ETFs, See, when you have a mutual fund, basically, you're essentially paying for a portfolio manager and their team yeah. to basically pick and choose the funds um, that should be in the portfolio, right? Mm-hmm. It's, kind of, it's kind of a hands-off experience for yourself. You don't have to do all this research because you're mm-hmm. paying a team and a portfolio manager to do the research for you. They're mm-hmm. picking and choosing what company should be in this fund, whereas an ETF, um, there's, typically, there's nobody managing an ETF, Right. Mm-hmm. And ETF can be comprised of um, it could be in sectors where it could follow healthcare. You can get a technology yeah. ETF and usually, you know, you'll see what companies are in the ETF and it just follows them. But there's nobody that's actively usually managing it. So the fees tend to be a lot less. And when the mm-hmm. fees are a lot less, that means more money will be in your pocket. Yeah. Because essentially, mm-hmm. when you have a mutual fund, you do pay a management fee that comes off of your rate of return at the end of the year. Ah. So some people don't like that. Mm-hmm. And if you have the experience, there's nothing wrong with that. Going and going through an ETF might be better. Mm-hmm. Um, but some people, especially a lot of my clients, Nicole, I don't want to do anything. Just tell me where to put the money. Like I have a lot of clients that literally like they don't want to do anything. They just want my suggestion and they kind of want to set it and forget it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. You have to determine, you know, how much research and knowledge that you want to put into this investment account. But I think mutual funds for many people is a great place to start just because it's more of a hands off approach. And once, like I said, you're able to stomach that and see how it works and is comfortable with the ups and downs, then you can kind of graduate to the next level. Mm-hmm. Thank you for clarifying that. Yeah, that's very helpful. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, yeah, that was great. So I think um, for the mothers listening, how how do we pass this knowledge on that's to make it digestible for our children? Like where do we start having this conversation and how, what are the key points that we would want to share with our kids in regards to investing and, you know, starting to build a relationship with money and helping them understand the worth and value? I mean, I think, you know, before we can even get into investing with kids, we have to definitely teach them the value of a dollar. And just when it comes to saving, right. Mm -hmm. I mean, Investing for adults, you know, in itself is complicated and enough. I think one of the first things that you can start with with your kid is, you know, number one, if your kid is looking to purchase something or wants to get something, I think the act of delayed gratification is something that you can start with. Because a lot of the times, you know, if you're in Walmart and your your son or daughter picks up something and they're so excited, can I have this? Can I have this? And you buy it. How many times you see them, you know, when you get home within less than five minutes, it's dashed down. And they don't, yeah. <laughs> it's lost. They don't care about it anymore. Mm-hmm. There's no value. They were, they were so excited the day before. And now they really couldn't care less. They're on to the next. So I think it's important, you know, just to start with the aspect of delayed gratification. So when they're looking to get something that they really, really want, you want to teach them that, hey, you know, I'm not just going to buy this for you right now just because you really want it. 
Like, I need to know, is this something that you're actually really going to use? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I think giving them a cool off period of like one to two days to see if they actually want to buy that video game, if they actually want that Barbie doll, do they still really want it? Will kind of help because a lot of the times, if you wait two days, they on to the they next. Forget. They forget. Yeah. Don't care anymore. You know? Mm-hmm. So that is one thing I think it's important to start with. Uh, number two, I think incorporating chores, I think is important. Doing something around the house, whether if it's literally just starting off by them making their bed, you know, mm-hmm. putting away their socks, putting their clothes in the hamper. I think chores and them learning that money needs to be earned because as they get older, they will surely see that unless they have a job, it's not coming from anywhere. Mm-hmm. So I think incorporating that is something that's important too. And just having them learn that, you know, from an early age, if you do this, this is what you can get in return, right? Like a, like a token economy. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then when they do get money now in their hands, whether it's birthday money, Christmas money, um, you know, it's important to stress the importance of saving. Right. A lot Mm -hmm. of the times some parents literally give their kids all the money, just do what they want. Okay, take it and buy whatever toy you want. It's it's her money. It's his money. But I think that's okay. Maybe at first, but as they get older, you know, around seven, I think it's important to start talking to them about, you know, saving half of that money. Mm -hmm. You can take half of this thirty dollars. So 15 bucks and maybe buy what you want. But this 15, you know, mommy's going to put away for you or you're going to put away in your piggy bank. And they're going to say, well, why, why, why can I use all of it? But you have to stress the importance of putting money away so that, you know, they can save for some sort of future goal. Oh, remember that skateboard you wanted? Well, you're going to save to get that skateboard. Remember that new PS4 game that you wanted? Well, you're going to save for it so that when Mm -hmm. you have enough money, you're going to buy it. And I think when you, you instill saving and more importantly goals for them it can be very rewarding yeah motivating and and instill confidence in your child too Mm -hmm. that they were able to do it very empowering yeah they Mm -hmm. were able to get it done they were able to save 75 bucks they were able to save 100 bucks so i think it's important to you know establish that so that when they do meet that win they're so ecstatic about it and they're on to the next and they can they can think about another goal that they can start mm-hmm, you know, saving mm-hmm. for. So, yeah, I mean, I think planting the seeds now is something that's totally essential. And by doing it now, when they're a little bit older, then we can start having the conversation about investing mm-hmm. and interest and earning money on top of your money. And from there, I mean, if we want to just graduate into how we can talk about stocks, mm-hmm. um, I think it's important for your kids to look around the house, look around the house. What are, what, what, what do they use a lot? What's on their feet every day? Is it Nike's on their feet every day? Are they on their Apple iPad every day? These are, are things that they have around the house that they constantly use. We can then shift that conversation to ownership. How would you yeah. like to be a part owner of Apple? Oof. Come right. on. So empowering, man. So empowering. Right. Mm-hmm. We can shift that conversation to ownership. Well, mom, how, how can I own Apple? Well, I'm going to tell you how we are able to purchase stock where we will be considered part owner of the company, depending on how much stock we own. Really? Mm. How do we do that? So I think starting with the conversation of looking around the house, finding something that they're interested in. You know, I've mentioned to you guys before that my son plays Roblox every day which is, you know, a game on his um, iPad. And Roblox, hopefully next month, is going to have stock available yeah, for purchase. 
And he's super excited about that now because he can connect with that. He can connect mm-hmm. with that company. He knows what Roblox is. So I'm teaching him, hey, you can be part owner of Roblox. Really? How do I do that? So I think it's important, like I said, to shift that conversation to ownership. Connect with a company that your son or daughter uses frequently that they can actually relate to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then from there, together, you guys can, you know, do research online, use websites like Yahoo Finance, for example, to mm-hmm. research the actual stock, look at the mm-hmm. pricing, talk to your son or daughter about how the price fluctuates. And then, of course, the next step would be to open up a trading account together and purchase that stock together. Purchase that stock together so that you guys as a team can now monitor and see how that stock is moving up and down and have discussions about what are some things that can make that stock price go up and down. Like you need to let them know that it it ain't always going to go up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what are some things that can happen that can affect the stock price and have those conversations. So your son or daughter knows about the value of, you know, what makes a good company. Mm. And just, 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 that's just very high level. I think of how you can introduce it, but I think the most important thing is just finding a company that they can connect with so that they can be excited about it. I love that so much. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. No, I, cause as you said that I thought about my own childhood and I was like, wow, I wonder like, I mean, and this is it, like, this is not like, you know, a mommy, why didn't you? But it's just thinking about like Mattel, like I Mm. loved Barbies growing up. Oh my god! Like I, like, like uh, my sister and I had an un like an obscene number of Barbies, like it's crazy. And already I can see like my friends, you know, try like and, and my mom really like trying to, you know, have make that memory with my daughter. So like buying her, buying her. And I, I think it's great. And you know, she's buying her these collectible Barbies, and she hasn't opened any of them. So you know, even that in and of itself could potentially be something <laughs> that would later be, um, you know, uh, income generating. But. I think about like, wow, like what if, like what if my mom had like invested some of my birthday money? Like we're going to take half and buy Barbies and the other half we're going to invest in Mattel. Like Mm -hmm. just crazy, right? It's just like, it's something like you just don't think about. And then again, but just like to your point, when they get old enough and they can see it and they can see how their money, it's just, yeah, it's, that's, it's brilliant. I love it so much. It is. It's character building for the kids and, Mm -hmm. and it's, it's creating those habits, those habits from when they're young so Mm -hmm. that when they're older, it comes as second nature to them. They're ambitious. They set goals. They're working towards things and they have that relationship with money where, In the end, we won't even have to worry about them at all because, like, they're sensible in regards to like their finances. So mm-hmm. it's, it's it's really good. It, it reminds me of a quote that I read, and it's like, you know, parents. And I say this like again, I can only speak for my own community because you know it's the one that I'm most familiar with. But I feel like, particularly in the Caribbean community, like parents are we're so obsessed with giving our kids like what we didn't have and less concerned with like sharing with them what we didn't know. Like, mm-hmm. let it be like, let's like, let's move away from like trying to give them, give them, give them because we didn't have this. And it's just like, let like, let the focus now be like, how can we share with them what we just didn't know? Because what we didn't know is like way more valuable than what we didn't. have. Way more. Right. Way more valuable. So this was this is already way too many gems. My backpack is is full. <laughs> Run it over with gems. <laughs> Flow it over. <laughs> um, so this would be a great time um, to take the break for part one of this financial uh, financial segment. Yes. And I am thrilled to talk about part two because we are going to dive into insurance 
and mm-hmm. how to set up generational wealth for our children when we get older or pass away. So, mm-hmm. guys, nap time is over, but you better come back if and take them notes. <laughs> listen, in the meantime, review the notes that you got, but come back ready for more because, listen, there's more gems. More gems. All right, guys. See you guys in our next episode. Bye, friends. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.